Hello, everybody. This is the Uplift Podcast with your host, Nathan Beeler. Today, I have on my very own brother, Corbin Beeler, and he's going to give us a testimony of some of the stuff that he's been through and how he came through it, and uh, hopefully that's able to help everyone else out there. Corbin, thank you for joining me today. Hi, I'm his brother. So I'm going to go ahead and give you the floor, let you talk for a little while, and I'll interject with questions every once in a while. Okay. Well, before we start, um, let's pray real quick. Okay. Um, I think we should start every one of these like that. Uh, let God flow. Hope that he moves on this and everything that anything that happened in my life that can affect and help somebody uh, uh let's 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 go to him in prayer god we pray that you would be with us today lord that you would let your words flow lord let the trials and the difficulties that we go through in life that you allowed us to go through to give us testimony and faith and hope and uh, to get through any situation god let those words go out and encourage someone else that they're going through a tough time that they can draw on this lord and the experiences that i've been through and that my family's been through and that lord that you they'll know that no matter what there's a god that there that that's there that loves them and that will pull them through every situation let your spirit be with us god i already feel your holy spirit we pray that you just be with us through this time and again, God, just let your spirit flow through these words. And Lord, use my mouth and my brother's mouth as instruments for your glory as we reminisce on the time that I went through that was difficult. And just praise you for bringing me through. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, it was back in 2017. <laughs> uh, I uh, Was it really that long ago? Yeah, yeah. It's been three years. You're kidding. Yeah. Three years, man. But I mean, I didn't even get treatment for like a whole year, though. Well, yeah. Okay, so you're oh, so you're going back. I'm going back. Okay, when you're going it, back like, as far as yeah. when the pain started. So, yeah, and, okay. I'm going to start right. at the very beginning here. And okay. um, what had happened was, is that that it you 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 know a trial's coming is when you're real close to God. I'll I'll warn everybody if you're starting to get close to God, get get ready for a trial because. Uh, that's what happened to me. I, I was working at, um, I just got done working at Genesis. I quit there because I, I just wasn't being successful there. And I started working at Jiffy Lube. And the Jiffy Lube was at 55th and Broadway, like, what, a mile or two down the road from our church. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I, I was preaching. I was on fire for God. I mean, I took my Bible to work. If I, if I didn't have an hour break to where I could go to the church and pray in the prayer room, I went out to my car for the 30 minutes or so that I had, and I was reading the Word of God. And, I mean, it, I was just on fire, you know, giving, ministering unto the young people, and just, you know, every chance that I had at work, I was talking about God. I was trying to get Bible studies with the the criminals that work there. Uh, <laughs> Now, I'll let you know, not not to deter you from Jiffy Lube, but if, if you go to a Jiffy Lube, the employees there are more than likely have some type of criminal record, but they, they know what they're doing. And uh, and though I say criminal records, there doesn't mean that they do criminal behaviors. I, they, they showed me some things where, you know, I, I feel like they're actually pretty honest up there, not trying to just get you to spend more money. But um, go on a Saturday, though. <laughs> Because if you go on a Saturday, they're going to have, um, if they're not hitting their numbers, they're going to do everything they can to hit their numbers. So that's where the better deals are at are on yeah, Saturdays. Uh, by the way, I'm not sponsored by Jiffy Lube. At yeah, them, yeah. So. No no sponsorships, <laughs> but I just, I'm, I'm just like, you know, they, they're they not half but bad. But Jiffy Lube, if you want to sponsor me. But yeah, uh, I'm, I'm just not a fan of Pennzoil. I'm a mobile oil type of guy and they use Pennzoil. Uh, but yeah, every, every, every moment I could, it was either reading listening um you know, I, you know i'd say i'm i'm pretty decent preacher and it's just because I, I i listen and i studied those other preachers who are seasoned vets and so the main thing i think somebody would take away from that is that your interaction was very constant and, yeah and yeah very... i mean it was it was ceaseless almost and uh that's just kind of what happens is uh once you get to that point where you're with god on that extent you get 
you better be ready for something to happen because he it's called a testimony because he, he's going to test you. And through a testimony, you will be shaped into something different that he needs you to be. So I'm working at Jiffy Lube and heads up, it's ulcer colitis. So there's going to be a lot of bowel movement references, <laughs> a lot of, you know, stuff like that. So it's not to be inappropriate or funny, but it's, it's, it's what it is and what happened. So um, I started noticing blood in my stool, which has happened in the past because I eat a lot of spicy stuff anyway. But, you know, it's just I didn't think much of it. But the funny thing is that we were actually getting ready for Youth Congress at that time, too. So where was that at? Which with you, which Youth Congress was it? When we took over the Colts Stadium. Uh-huh. Yeah. So um, Indianapolis. In Indianapolis. Okay. Yep. So um, this isn't my first Youth Congress. I've been to a couple others. And... Um, Man, we were going, and I was roomed with Saul and Long. I think there was one more person. I just can't remember who it was. Maybe Alex? Did Alex go there? I just can't remember, okay. honestly. But anyway, so we're, we, I start having those issues and everything, and I'm already, like, not eating because it hurt to go, and then there was more blood. It was uncomfortable and painful. And so I, I, I literally, all the money I put into going into Youth Congress, I think I got the most benefit out of the room because I was there the entire <laughs> yeah, in the day. Yeah. And I only went to the night services where I could work up to go to it. And uh, so I go and uh, I make it to every night service. And I wish they would have had a, a, an award for like best camper and stuff like they do youth camps because I, I would have got that award for like best praiser or whatever because <laughs> i was in the worst shape i was already losing weight from not eating i was completely dehydrated let's talk about real quick how much you weighed before yeah so all of this uh, started I, I was working at genesis so i was actually at free membership and everything i was i was probably in the best shape of my life i was at uh, 165 pounds i was only about about 11 percent body fat i was in great shape but yeah, so throughout this process, I started becoming more dehydrated because I wasn't eating because I didn't want to go to the bathroom because going to the bathroom was painful. And uh, yeah, I started, that's when I started losing weight. And then we went from Youth Congress, we had the, the, the three days there. And um, I went to every night service, like I said. I mean, there was a point where I went there they had some really good burgers and fries at the stadium. And I mean, I'm about to like throw it all up. Mm -hmm. And I'm walking to the bathroom like a champ and throw up a little bit in my mouth, trying to aim for a trash can, get it back down and oh. make it to the bathroom. Okay. Yeah, it, it, was, it was champion level stuff there. But like that, I just, again, not trying to be like super gross, but I, I persevered because I knew God had something for me at that youth congress. Most people who hear this know who you are. And... Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, most people who are going to hear this, you, you know me anyway. So, um, but so we, we, and I get down there, we have the floor seats, and everyone knew I was sick, and I wasn't doing too hot, and everyone prayed for me. Uh, my dad prayed over me, um, and then Trey Cornwell prayed over me, which was the worst. Like, I love Trey. He's, he's anointed. God's using him. But, man, I remember a singles conference earlier that year. Brother Smith had talked about, don't put hands on someone's head and push their head back. Like, all you have to do, the Bible just says lay hands on people. And Trey, like, I'm sitting down because I can't even stand up. My stomach's hurting so bad. And he is jamming my head back in this seat. In the name of Jesus. And, and the, the sickness is gone. And I, I'm doing everything I can not to fall back in the seat. And I can't even, like, stay in the spirit because his brother's, like, snapping my neck backwards. But... Uh, no, uh, nothing against Trey. I love Trey. That's, I'm sure we'll talk uh, about that. Yeah, when that, that that's my little brother. But yeah, that's but that's the one thing. I that the funniest thing that sticks out to me is the fact that Trey almost broke my neck trying to get that sickness out of my body. Um, which funny though, I I went and I could eat after that for a couple days. But then we mm -hmm. started heading home, and uh, the cool thing is is that we were heading home back to Kansas and we drove. And on the way back, I was like, Dad, I gotta pull over. Like, I'm I'm about to like make a mess all over this back seat, yada yada yada. 
Well, when we did, the tire was actually shredded. Oh, boy. Yeah, so if it wasn't for me having to go to the bathroom, we probably would have had a blowout and the whole car, you know, could have been a big ordeal. But, um, so we get home and right as we get home, we're calling the emergency room like, hey, we're coming in, you know, really bad, blah, blah, blah. And we get back there and, um, I get there and I mean, I'm just like cramping up. My face is all cramped. I'm looking horrible because I'm just completely dehydrated at this point to where they almost admitted me to the hospital because of how low my potassium level was. So I had to drink this potassium drink, which was the worst thing ever. It's so disgusting. And uh, Pastor Banking calls me. Pastor Scott shows up. Sister Vanessa shows up. And, you know, me and Pastor Scott are just talking one-on-one. Vanessa's almost crying because, you know, I mean, a lot of people don't like think about it like this but six seven eight nine started with my age group mm-hmm. and uh, pastor scott and sister vanessa were the youth leaders at that time so you know even though i don't get to see them and talk to them all the time you know you know and how they talk about well bishop's bishop and this person's your mm-hmm. pastor six seven eight nine pastor scott became my pastor and so I'm, I'm real close to them, and I've, I've been through a lot with them. And so Sister Vanessa seeing me like that, uh, I, you know, I thought it was kind of funny that she was getting upset because I knew everything was going to be okay. But You just looked like you were dying. Yeah, no, it was horrible. <laughs> uh, I was cramped up. My arms were cramped. I mean, it, it was just all sorts of bad. But so that happens, and they take a CT scan. They're like, hey, you got colitis. You're super inflamed. Here's some antibiotics. Go home cool Mm -hmm. so we go home and taking antibiotics when you have ulcer colitis and you don't know that you have ulcer colitis the antibiotics kill all the bacteria in your gut and even all the bacteria you need yeah well the good and the bad and so that gave me c diff and i had c diff for the longest didn't even know what was going on i couldn't eat because i couldn't keep it down uh yeah it, it was bad so the accumulation of this whole thing took a year for me to even begin to get over but throughout it is where... How long were you in the hospital? Uh, there was uh, a week for two or three times I was in there for a full week. But what had happened was um, I was in bed a lot. I really didn't do much. I didn't want to do much. I was unemployed that whole time. And we saw Dr. Levens, a specialist. That's 350 bucks my parents ever spent. And... Um, we see Dr. Levens, and Dr. Levens uh, looks at me, looks at my mom, and goes, no, he's sick. We need to do something. And so we get the colonoscopy and all this other stuff. And you got to understand, like, throughout this whole time, ulcerative colitis is your immune system attacking your colon, trying mm-hmm. to expel it from your body. So uh, throughout this duration, like, I, I, I got sent to the hospital. I was there for a week. I had to do a colonoscopy. Um, I was there for, I was in the hospital for a week. And, um, you know, throughout this whole time, the biggest question that I have was, you know, God, when is this going to end? Mm -hmm. There was never a doubt in my mind that it was going to end. It was just a matter of time for me. And, you know, a lot of people ask, is this ever going to end? Well, you know, I'll tell you, when you're going through something like that and you're that close with God, you know, th- this is a faith-building process. Especially a sickness like that. Oh, 100%. So, in the long run, I went from 165 down to 117 pounds. Uh, you find out that, you know, the buddies that you grew up with your whole life, a cousin and someone that you claim as a cousin are jerks, and they never show up <laughs> until months after <clears throat> thinking that, which I don't blame them because yeah. they were like, oh, I thought you were milking the sickness. And if anyone would do it, obviously that was me. <laughs> but... Um, it's just kind of the thing is that it, it gets really bad. And so uh, months on in, I finally get help from Dr. Levens. I've gone to the hospital. I got to get blood transfusions. And uh, I'm finally getting on some type of medicine to help with the inflammation that's going on in there. And Dr. Levens himself, uh, what what happens is, is with ulcer colitis, you get little skin polyps. And they call those are the ulcers. Yeah. So they're skin polyps or bunches of, of skin. And the way that he put it is that... Typically, when you get ulcer colitis, you get a few of those in there, which is why it's rough and it's uncomfortable. He said not one inch of my colon was spared of polyps. Yeah, you had so a bunch it, of it, it, No, I mean, it, there, you couldn't see. 
the colon wall. When you have diseases like this, it can be warped and changed and certain patterns can be seen in it to see if there's cancer. And so that's part of why it was such a big deal uh, with it being so... Um, was that a fear at the time? No, I, 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 I'm telling you, it, it, it's, it's, it's so nice being a child of God and not having faith in the sense of the definition of it where it's a it's a thing it's uh of things hoped for mm -hmm. you know it, it's it's faith to the point of i know that something is going to happen it takes you from faith of hey you know god you know i'm really trusting you i'm hoping this is going to turn out this way to where it goes to the point where you're I know this is how it's going to be, and I have an expectation from you, from your word, from my walk with you, from the things you've showed me in my past, in my past, and to the things that you I have specifically heard from your mouth. Hmm. And that's where I was at. I was at the point where I was like, you know, I, I'm not scared of cancer. And ironically. Now that I think back on it, one of the guys who did give a testimony just talked about how he had like stage four colon cancer and mm -hmm. God healed him from it. So I now that I think back on it, that's pretty funny. Um, but uh, so all this happens and, uh, you know, it's just looking all sorts of bad. And, you know, I'm, mess, I'm making a mess of myself periodically. I can't control my bowel movements. Uh, it, yeah, it's, it's just a mess. Were and, you able to attend church? During this time? Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. And that's where, like, the assembly is important, but your walk with God is the most important thing because relationship is everything. We'll talk about that for just a minute. Well, I mean, I, I tell everyone that. I tell the young guys that. I tell most people that I meet, like, you know, church is important. I fully support the church. Um, I pay tithing to the church because I know my money goes towards the kids and the bus, um, the buses that we pick up. I know it goes to the men of God so they don't have to juggle a job and the bible studies and stuff i fully believe in church but church isn't everything mm -hmm. more important than absolutely anything is your walk with god is relationship with god is looking like the crazy person driving down the road like you're talking to yourself but you're literally having a conversation with god and i don't i don't like how everyone prays all the time because prayer and conversation are two different things. People pray to God. That's a, that's a request. You're asking him of something. When was the last time that you just woke up and said, good morning? When was the last time that even though he knows your problems, he knows that you're going through something that you just said, you know, I, I've been really been struggling with this and talk to him as if he's another person because, you know, we, we, we put him, we put him on such a higher level, which he is there, but you forget he's also our father. Mm -hmm. And when he's the father, you know, I talk to my dad. I respect him as my dad. He is my father. He is, you know, he was my spiritual head when I was a child. And that's all great, but I could still have a conversation with them. Mm -hmm. And that's what God wants. God doesn't want just, oh, just come to me when you're in need. Just pray to me all the time. Just worship me all the time. No, talk to me. I know that you're dealing with this drug addiction. I know that you're struggling with, with this health issue. I know that your finances aren't good, but talk to me about it. Tell me about it. Tell me, it, not in a, in a request, not in a worship state. Just, just talk to me. Vent to me. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, we're made in his image. So if we're made in the image of the Almighty and we talk to other people about our problems, who better to talk to? Because there's a difference when you pray and say, God, uh, you know, uh, you know, I have I have this financial issue and, and God, I just take it away from me. I, I cast my burdens upon you. You know, when did you when was the last time that you just stop and really just talk to him and say, hey, God, you know, I, I, I have this thousands of dollars in debt right now and and i i, I need you to take it from me like i, I can't do it you know because when, when you talk to your parents about issues with money and you know you're struggling right now you're a new family but mom and dad are there to help out do you do you, do you go up there and beg them for anything or do you just look at them and say, like hey dad you know we, we, we've gotten into credit card debt I, I don't know what happened you know you know i just lost my job can, can you help me out yeah and, you know, and that's what God wants. God wants us to talk to him like that. God wants us to have conversations 
with him. And so that, even though I didn't go to church, I knew everything was all right because I could have a conversation with God in my bedroom. Right. And uh, so he, he dealt with me on a lot of stuff with that, like in the long run. Um, and I even had a man of God tell me this. I don't have faith, and I'm pretty sure it was Brother Winslow, but he said I have great faith. Yeah, that sounds like Brother Winslow. And, and, you know, and that was a transition. I went into my problem with faith, and by the time God was done with me with it, I accumulated great faith. I, I, I went to the next level of faith. And I'll give a few examples here shortly, but let me let me let me continue on with my story here. And so it came to a point in time where you know, the, the bowel movements were still hurting. I was starting to get better. I was starting to eat again, uh, but nothing was working because I needed specific medicine for this. Um, but there was a time where I had just messed myself. I was clean. I cleaned myself up. I'm in the bathroom upstairs at my parents' house. And, um, I looked in the mirror and I was just so tired I was so tired of it, and I looked in the mirror, and I was like, God, really, when when is this done? Like, when when am I going to be done with this? Was there any point where you thought maybe you were in a state of depression? No, never. Through all of this? Okay. No, seriously, never. I mean, even when uh, the doctors, like, they told me three times total that they would take my colon. And dad even looked at me in the hospital one time and he was like, you know, what if they take your colon? I said, well, there's no what if, but I said, if they did, and I told uh, brother Mike Canfield this too, I said, if, if they take my colon, I expect it back hmm. one way or another. I expect a miracle because I'm getting something out of this, period. You know, and, and uh, you know, I, I had a little bit of a longer conversation with Mike Canfield about it, Brother Mike Canfield. But, you know, I told him, I was like, I'm getting something out of this. If he takes my colon, I expect it back. If he if he if he gives and he takes, he can take it. But I expect I expect to have a coloscopy bag and the, the tube get pushed out of my stomach in the middle of some great moment at church where someone can see it happen I, I expect my colon to grow back. I, I'm, I'm getting something from this, and and I, I never lost it. I still have it. But uh, at that moment in time, what I was talking about, I was I looked in the mirror, and I just asked God. I said, when, when is this done? And, and why am I even doing this right now? Mm -hmm. And he said, he said, you talk about me being a healer. You and I, I've never heard the audible voice of God, but we all know He moves on you in different yeah, ways. Yeah, and and yeah. this is this is what I got. So He He said, He said, "You believe it? I know you believe it, but now I need you to go through it." And I said, "Well, why though?" And He said, "The Garden of Gethsemane, when and this is Revelation, you're not going to be able to look into the Bible sure, and sure. get this. It, this is straight from this is personal for Corbin. No, no, this is for Corbin Beeler to share." Because it, it wasn't just for me. This is, so if if anyone is going through something who's listening to this right now, listen to this part. If you get anything else from this, get this. But he was at the Garden of Gethsemane and he was praying so much he was bleeding out. He was sweating blood. And scripture says that. He was asking for the cup to be passed from him. So in uh, a being that's all man and all God at the same time, his flesh saw a, a cat of nine tails, a rod beating him for our iniquity, the stripes for our healing, every all the blood, the stabbing in the side. He, he knew what was coming. Mm -hmm. But the all-God part, the spiritual part, a sinless man was about to have sin from past, present, and future on him at once. And that's scary to even think of. And so he wants the cup pass from him, and it's more his flesh than his spirit. Because the spirit knows what it has to do. Right. But the flesh is, you know, man, this is going to be weak. the worst. <laughs> this is going to be the worst. Like, I don't want to take all that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to experience sin. I don't even know what sin is. Mm -hmm. And God told me, I prayed again. The Bible specifically tells us he prayed again. And he said, not my will, but thy will be done. And I said, okay. And he said, I said that because I saw you... And everybody that will ever and has ever called on my name 
at your worst moments. Hmm. And I realize I have to do this so you know that there is a way out of your situation. There's a healer. There, there is a way out of your situation. Mm-hmm. And he gave that to me. And I was like, wow, man, that's crazy. Like, So you saw everyone at our worst moments and you went through with it because you love, he, he, he loves us so much that he saw all the pain and all the suffering, not just what he was going to go through, but what we were going to go through. Right. And our suffering meant more to him than his own suffering. And he went through with it. And he said, thy will, not my will, because he knew we needed him more than he needed it for himself. And and that's why I like, I mean, God loves me no matter what. And anyone that's listening to this, he loves you no matter what. He, he, he knew you before you were born. And um, Brother Mike Rickard like, had the best analogy for this. But anyone who has a child can understand what it means that he knew you before you were in your mother's womb. Because right as you first saw your, your child come, as soon as I saw my little girl's head crowning, I loved that thing. And I knew I would destroy anything that would try and harm her. Yep. <clears throat> and that's how God is with us. So anyone who has a kid, like, again, props to brother ricker because he's he's the one that brought that to my attention but you know that it's exactly right i i love my daughter before she even looked at me Mm -hmm. and that's how god is with us and that's why he died for you because before he knew you you were just a thought in your parents mind he loved you right and so that was just one of the revelations that i got and it, it was just so powerful because, you know what, now I can, again, like, that wasn't just for me. That's for me to share, like, right now. God God loves you so much. He knew that whatever your your worst situation, even I still don't think I've gone through my worst situation. I don't think this was my worst. Maybe to date, mm-hmm. but I, I foresee more trials than I welcome because I'm thankful for the trials because now I have great faith. And it it was confirmed because I was downstairs. I lived downstairs quite a bit. Um, so I come upstairs one time and I was just hurting. It was so bad. I was I was crying. It was horrible. My mom was right there. And she goes, it's okay. It's okay. I was like, I was like when is this done? I never had doubt that it was, you know, going to get, like, I, I didn't care. I was like, when is this over? And my mom looked at me and said, she said, I think you have more faith than all of us right now. Yeah. And it was confirmed for me. And, you know, and I and I just I, I just, you know, when, when you get that close to God, you, you have to learn that there's a difference between believing in him and trusting in him. So not only did I get great faith, but I learned to trust, like truly trust God in the worst possible moment at the last second. It doesn't matter. He he comes through. Mm hmm. It's just how long are you going to wait before you try and take it into your own own hands? And when are you going to quit being so proud that you're just going to let it go and let him be God? Right. So, yep. I want to talk to a little little bit about from not only my own perspective, but everyone that was around you, everyone that came into contact with you while you were going through all of this. We were... Which was only Trey Cornwell and family. Well, of course, but like (laughs) there'd be moments where somebody would go to the hospital and see at the hospital and someone... Bang, bang. Yeah, Brother Bankins, Scott Brother Foresight, yeah. Brother Foresight came and saw you. In those moments when you would have visitors, from the visitor's perspective, it was encouraging to see you talk that way it was encouraging for me to be able to watch you going through something that's so horrible i remember going up there more than one time and in the middle of our conversation you'd have to get up to go to the bathroom or in the middle of what we were talking about you'd have to get up and and do something else and it was all and just watching you go through that pain of even getting off of the bed was excruciating to watch for me my your brother yeah. watching i mean i've seen you in pain before obviously when we were kids you know we get in trouble and, and things happen all the time but this was a different kind of pain it wasn't something that could be taken care of quickly and without having to go to mom or dad or something like that and being yeah. able to you know just wipe it off and go ahead and get on your day but mm-hmm. it was encouraging to me to watch you go through that and you're and you're not accepting the negative report that 
anyone else would say or give or have an opinion about. Yeah. It was always, I'm not doing that. I'm not having my colon taken out. I'm not going to, this isn't going to last forever. I'm going to get better. It was always that attitude. It was, and, and not only just that attitude, but the rejection of the negative attitude and the rejection of the negative report that would come your way. Hey, we might have to take your colon out. Nope, not, I'm, I'm not accepting that. That for me was awesome because even though, even the loved ones around you that wanted to be on your side and, and, and take that hill with you, they still were like, but it might happen. And, and you were just, it, it, I was on your side with the whole thing when they, when yeah. you, when you said, yeah. when you, when you came out and you were like, I'm not accepting the answer. I was like, I'm, I'm with Corbin on this. I'm not accepting that either. Yeah. I'm not, I'm also not accepting that for you. I'm not going to accept them taking your call. That's not happening. We're going to get through this. And uh, I had conversations, side conversations with, with mom and dad and, and, you know, everybody that was involved and they would always say, you know, I wish he would be more open to not, not necessarily open to it. I wish he would be, I wish he would come to a place where if it had to happen, he would, he would be more accepting of it. And I, I, I had, I was like, there's no way. I was like, he, he knows what he's standing on right now. There, there is a rock that he's standing on right now and he knows he's there and he knows he can't get off it. He can't move. He's got to, he's got to stay right where he is because if he budges, that's when he doesn't get the promises that he's been given. Mm -hmm. So he's got to stand right there. And like I said, for me, that was just, that was awesome and encouraging to know that, okay, that on a personal level, I know that can happen. I know when it comes time that I need that great faith. When I need that rock to stand on, it's there. It's available yeah. and I just got to get on it when I, when it's my time to get on it. Yeah. Yeah. And that was something that was from from me and I know many other people that were around you that would see that. It was something it was <laughs> it was it was truly miraculous in the sense that we could take away something like that from, yeah. from that situation and, and you know like i've said a couple times already it's just one of those things it's it's your 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 issues and your problems aren't just for you mm -hmm. they're they're for they're for somebody else you know and and you know yeah my tribe i was at the at the epicenter of this thing but you know, God, God will use your problem for somebody else. Well, absolutely. I, I, I think that even when you don't realize it, um, yeah, I had God. Buddy Cooper on not too long ago. And when we were talking, I, he was talking about how, when he would, when Bishop would tell everybody, lift your hands, he couldn't lift his hand. Right, so he, right. he, he had to pick his other hand up and lift it up so that he would be lifting hands. Mm -hmm. And I told him that he does and he didn't realize this at the time. I said, you don't understand how much of an inspiration you were to everyone else that would see you. Yeah. Do, do to, to watch like you that. not not just sit down, not just stand, but you're lifting, you're physically lifting your, your other hand that does hand, not work. Right. I was like, that was such an, and he, and he didn't realize that that, that, that is what he was doing for everyone else. Not because he was oh, doing yeah. it for himself. He was like, I, I'm going to do this because I, because the man that God's telling me I need to, we're all lifting hands, but everyone else around you saw that. And they were in that for me was, I, I told him I would get angry at myself because I'm like, why am I just, you know, I, you know, I'm going halfway through the motion yeah, why, or whatever, why am I not and, but Buddy Cooper's up here dancing and praising and, and living, forcing his hand up and I'm just, you know, Arms just flopping exactly, exactly. And so I told him it was for me, especially as an inspiration to see him going through such a hard deal. And, oh yeah. And, well, even there was, there was one time where, uh, Austin, Austin, that, that jerk, he, <laughs> he, uh, he was like, man, bud came up to me the other day and he was just like, man, watch this man. And he barely move his arm up or anything like that. And he's like, bro, bro, look, look, look. I, I can move uh -huh, my hand. Uh -huh, and uh -huh. Austin, you know, he, he's just, he's just a bum. And he's just like, oh, I just, he goes, it's like, I, I see it, buddy. Like, and, and, and you know, and at the time, like, I'm like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. But then, you know, you stop and think about it. It's like, wow, that's, like, that's crazy because, he, because, and you know, and that's what I pray for Dina too. And mm -hmm. I, I've seen it. I know it's going to happen. I don't, I don't know why it's taking so long, but it, it's going to happen because, you know, it, it's the fact that, it's damaged brain. Uh-huh. Dina Blake. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's damaged brain. Even in Buddy's situation, that's damaged brain. 
I mean, and it and it's not just rewiring. You well, know, he tore some. Yeah, it, it's yeah. all of it. It's mm-hmm. all of it, and it's like rewiring and your brain trying to figure yep. this out. And like, it literally has to take a hand of God to fix something like that. Mm-hmm. Even though the human's body's resilient, and we've seen a lot with other people and stuff. But I mean, like to to get full function of stuff like that again, it 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 has to be something greater because you don't even have the ability to change the color of your own hair, let alone mm-hmm. get your own body to fix itself properly. Right. So yeah, no. And but... so going through the middle of all of that and talking about things you were talking about towards the end, what what were you starting to see and realize that God has started to move for you? Oh, well, I mean, I started I started uh, feeling better. Um, we got me on Humera. I'm on Intivio now. But Talk about that a little bit, because I know that was a, that was a miracle in itself. Humera's junk. Try anything else except Humera. <laughs> um, plus, you stab yourself in your stomach a billion times, and it's just the worst. Um, but, yeah, so it, it wasn't working for me. It was supposed to last every two weeks, and I'd only gotten... Um, I'd only go, like, a week or so, and I'd have to take yet another shot. So we needed to find alternatives. I end up in the hospital again. Mom's on the on the phone with Bishop, and Bishop, uh, you know, she's telling him about the intibio. It's like oh, I feel the Holy Ghost when you talk about that. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, Bishop said he feels the Holy Ghost. We'll try it. And I've been on it ever since. Um, but started to gain weight again. I'm talking. Um, what about the financial aspect of that part? No, no, I, I planned on getting there. Okay. Yeah, definitely. But um, I will say that. The people that you expect to be there don't show up. God sends somebody else. Sure. And so in my situation, Alex Beeler, Austin Blake, neither one of them showed up for months while I was sick. It was ridiculous. Worst friends ever. <laughs> and uh, they finally seen me like, God, oh, man, you look like you came out of the Holocaust. I was like, yeah, so much for milking it. <laughs> so those, those guys, um, love them to death. But yeah, so... Uh, you know, Trey Trey Cornwall came came into the picture. I, I had him on the junior ushers and you know, we that's where our friendship really started and um you know, out of out of everybody and like no offense to you no, or anyone else, taken. but Trey would drive all the way from Derby to Goddard to pick me up, buy my food and just just hang out with me. And uh, you know, if you don't if you if you feel like all your friends are gone you know, make sure you're doing the right prayer and just ask them to send somebody because it's not who you'll expect it to be all mm-hmm. the time. Because I'm, I'm what, almost 10 years older than Trey. Yeah, he just but, had a birthday yesterday. Yeah, yeah, he's 20. I'm, I'm 29. But yeah, so I mean, he'll, he'll, he will send you somebody and, you know, just again, make sure you're praying the right prayer and, it'll all be taken care of. So I had my friends, uh, obviously my family. We had Thanksgiving up there, yeah. which is today actually. So whoop, whoop, not in the <laughs> hospital again. And so, uh, yeah, but through the accumulation of all this, you know, I get to feeling better. And throughout this whole time, we're, we're getting bills consistently on a regular basis. Of, Here's that bill, $15,000, $25,000 this and that and the other and everything was so stinking expensive but you couldn't stop you had to keep no i mean i mean you had, you had to keep to. going to there, the there was no way keep, I, I was yeah. out from two I, I was out from 2017 right in the middle of the summer till october of 2018 mm-hmm. i mean I, I didn't work i didn't go out and do nothing i just started getting back into church uh, right in uh, right around that time i got my job at rest haven like yeah so like i mean yeah, you know, I'm I'm out for that long, and that's all. All those bills are accumulating. And uh, Sister Kim sells. We were talking one time, and she talked about how you know I just I was in there, and they had all these hospital bills, and I was paying all that I could without you know just not paying at all. And I just you know I looked at those bills. I said, God, you know what? I can't afford those, and I'm not paying them. I can't pay them, and you're gonna have to take care of it. And she didn't get her bills paid. So thanks to her testimony, uh, I looked at those bills. <laughs> and at the time, it was like 58000 total. And my mom just had them all together in this bind in this little folder. And I looked at those bills and I was like, yeah, that's a lot of money. Like, I could buy a house with that. I can buy a nice car with that. 
I looked at it and I just, I literally, I looked straight up and I said, well, that's yours, God. You're going to have to take care of this. You know, I'm never going to be able to afford <laughs> this. So uh, I'll, I'll see you on the other side with that one. And, mm-hmm. and I didn't address it again until my mom brought up that we were almost to a hundred grand of bills. And I looked at it again, just, and I only did it again because doubt cry, tried to creep into my mind. <laughs> it was like, what if you have to pay all, you're going to be paying that for years. And I said, well, I, there ain't no way I'm paying that. Ain't no way I can pay that. Never will I ever be able to pay that off. And so, God, you're just going to have to take care of it. Now, th- th- you're putting me through this. So, you know, I mean, if you put me in this situation, you're going to have to get me out of it. I'm feeling better. Of course. So now, you're. I mean, th- this is on you. Uh, and, you know, I'm not worried about it. And so, went on about our business. And I, I accumulated over a hundred thousand dollars that's most people's college debt uh-huh. and hospital bills that's and i as didn't much as a house would cost man i didn't pay a <clears throat> cent i didn't i didn't pay i didn't pay one penny towards that and god forgave it all it's all taken care of it's all taken you care have of. no leftover nope. bills nope. you don't, don't have any don't, leftover expenses. i mean i pay i pay current bills but god's blessed me enough to have the money to pay for current bills and even then that's minuscule compared to that but so like, I mean, seriously, any, anyone, like when, when you go through a trial, you know, you just gotta, you gotta look at Job. Mm-hmm. I mean, God let him go through the ringer. But did you, did you relate a lot to Job when you were going through some of that? Were you? No, I was, uh, I was up at the front praying one time though. And I think it was Sister Mott came up saying stuff in my ear. Or was it Sister Cooper? It was one of the ladies in the church, and they said, "You're, you're just God's telling me to tell you, you're, you're like Job. You know, you're, you have, uh-huh. a, you have a Job testimony." And I was like, "Well, that's cool," but you know, it, it's you, you just got to look at his story, though. You know, his story says God gives and takes, mm-hmm. but in Job's situation, I know it, the scripture says he gives and takes away, but that's not how God works. God already gave him all of his blessings. Mm-hmm. God let all his blessings get taken away, but then he gave it back again. So it's not he gives and takes away. He gives and takes and gives. Mm-hmm. And in the end, you're going to win on top. Because, I mean, let's just look at this year alone. Oh, uh, no, I'll finish this up real quick. So yeah. I, I get better. I'm on Intivio now. I'm better. I get it. I get a shot every eight weeks. I mean, an infusion of this medicine every eight weeks. It kills my immune system, so my my immune system doesn't attack my colon. And being in twenty twenty with, you know, we all have mixed feelings <laughs> about it, but with the worst thing since you know the black plague coming out, COVID nineteen, uh, I have no immune system. I haven't gotten it once, and I'm fine. And I've been around people. Who have COVID? I, I have two employees out right now with COVID, and me and my family's fine. So, right. um, you know, God God takes care of you. Period. And it's not just a then moment; it's it's a from here on out type of moment. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, my, my my biggest thing is you know look look into the Word and stand on God's Word, but beyond His Word, stand on His love. Because again, He. He, he didn't die for our sins for his word's sake. He died for our sins for his love's sake. Right. You know, he, he, he didn't go through everything he did just so he could fulfill his word. He loved us so much, he gave his only begotten son. Mm-hmm. So, it, just stand on his love. You know, and, and, and you know, I get it, like... He's he's the sovereign king of everything, but he's also your dad. Right. And we're not just kids. We're princes and princesses. We're we're sons and daughters of the king. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's protocol. You know, we need to reverence him. We need to acknowledge him for who he is. But, you know, once you get in that throne room, I think it's okay to sit on his lap and say, hey, I need something from right. you. Right. You know, we're not peasants. We're, we're daughters and sons of the king. And, you know, just don't let your trial keep you from him because that's something else that he showed me later on, too, is that I was talking to someone about my dog because that that my dog was a godsend back when I first got her. But, you know, she was in the room and in the bed with me all the time, even though I was sick. 
and she wanted she could have done anything else but she would continually just come downstairs and lay down with me and god told me he said he said hey i was right there with you Mm -hmm. when you were hurting and you were suffering and you were struggling he he told me i was in that bed with you that entire time so don't let the enemy come into your situation and tell you uh, he doesn't, you know, this and that. He don't love you. He's not here. Why would he let you go through this? Well, you know, he's letting me go through this. But he's here going through it with me. And it doesn't matter what you might think about yourself. No. Hey, I, I'm a sinner. I. He's not going to. No, I wasn't I, perfect I, through it Right either. now, I'm doing this, or I'm doing drugs, or I'm drinking on the weekend, or, I, you know, I go to church on Sunday, but on Saturday, I'm out partying, or Friday night, I'm out partying. God doesn't relate in like he, yeah, that, that needs to be addressed in your life. But when you're going through a struggle, he is there with you. hundred percent. He is, he, he's right there with you, especially when you're going through that struggle because he's just waiting for you to turn around and say, Hey, I really do. <laughs> I do need you. Mm-hmm. And that's why he puts you through it. I mean, there, you know, I, I have him, but he said, I need, I need a deeper walk with you. Right. Or if you don't have him. Well, you, you need me, mm-hmm. and here's why. And um, you know, like like you know, like we just said, he, he he's with you the entire way. You know, you got to you got to you got to see the doubt that comes in your head. You got to acknowledge where it comes from and understand that you serve something greater. And for those who, for some odd reason, just popped on this podcast just just to listen to it for the because someone told you about it, even if you don't have anything with them. You know, if you if you will just let someone pray for you, if you'll just crack that door a little bit, God will bust right through. The the issue is is that we have free will, mm-hmm. so you can tell him no, and he and he'll leave you alone. But you know, understand that sometimes you know, uh, it's like uh, I told one of my employees. She she's going through a lot right now. I'm not going to put her personal business out there, but she's going through a lot. And, uh, you know, I, I looked at her and I told her, I was, uh, I'll tell you the one thing she's dealing with, she got diagnosed with depression. Mm. And I told her, you know what the crazy thing is? I said, I've lived in Wichita, Kansas my whole life. I turned down a store in Oklahoma that I didn't get. COVID happened. All this junk went on. And here I am in McPherson for this moment right now <laughs> to tell you that God loves you enough to fill that little hole of depression that you have with his spirit and he wants to bring you out of your situation. Mm-hmm. He he orchestrated all this for your sake for this moment right now. And you just got to understand, he loved the world so much he gave his only begotten son. He loved us so much that he will change everything in someone's life just to get them in front of you for one moment mm-hmm. for you to make a decision for yourself. Because he's following you everywhere yeah, you God, go. He, he's everywhere. He's, he's just he's waiting he's for you. He's omnipresent. Exactly. You know, he doesn't dwell within time. Time dwells within him, which was another revelation that he gave me. It's the fact that, you know, his spirit had an understanding that when I hang on that cross, I'm there until I return. Mm-hmm. Until my second coming happens. I'm on this cross. Because even though he's here with us right now, he's still on that cross. There's no way one man's blood could cover the sins of everyone unless he's still bleeding. Mm. So we can't look at this linear. We have to look at it from God's perspective. And if I dwell in all time and space because it's all inside me, I'm still taking those stripes. Mm. I'm still bleeding on that cross right now as we speak because in our mindset, yeah, time, this is it. This is where we're at. But in him, I'm still there. Right. And so his flesh had to fight the fact that I'm getting the stripes until he comes, until I, until I make my second coming. I am bleeding. I'm getting stabbed in the side. The crown is going to be on my head until... My second coming and time is no longer relevant. So I have to keep bleeding because you all are going to keep sinning. Yeah. I have to take my stripes so you can continue to get your healing. Right. I have to take beatings for your iniquity because it's never going to stop. Right. Because we're 
That's our that's Cause we're, nature. Yeah, that's our nature. We're and we're human. here. Yeah. But he has to keep doing it because that's how it's provided eternally because it never stops for him. And then when you put that into perspective, man, wow. So he he knew until his until he makes eternity start and time is no longer relevant. He was he he has to do this for you. Right. So again, God's word, solid. That's it. Alpha and omega. Got it. More than that, his love. And when you and when you get that relationship and you become intimate with God, that's when you can get to where Psalms 91, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high is under the shadow of the almighty. I have it highlighted yep. here. <laughs> he, he, he that dwelleth in the secret place, place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Okay, so you stop right there. That whole that whole chapter is my favorite. The entire chapter, not just that verse. Mm-hmm. The entire chapter. I mean that that is such a like if you're if you're feeling discouraged and you feel no self worth and you feel like just garbage. Psalms ninety one hundred percent that right. gets you out of any mood. I'm telling you, it, it, it's amazing. Uh, but yeah, get into, like, my whole experience with God throughout that time, I got to that place. Quite frankly, I can get there anytime I want. Mm. Because to be under the shadow of the Almighty, the secret place, that's the throne room. That's the secret place. Mm. Okay? The, the secret place is where no one can get to without the king's invitation. The enemy can't infiltrate that. You have to be invited by the king right. to get into the throne room. Right. So that's what I've learned. It's like, okay, well now how do I get to the throne room? Well, how did the Bible put it? Enter into my gates with thanksgiving. In the courts of praise. And why, why do we praise in the courts? Because the court is where the king would entertain his guest. That's why we praise her. That's why we hoop and holler, sing and dance and everything. We're in the courts because that's where we're entertaining the king. But when you get to that place of worship, acknowledging the fact that I am dust Mm -hmm. and you created all of this and the stuff that I don't even know exists right now because my mind would explode. (laughs) You love me. And I'm, I'm considered not that kid or that thing i am considered your child and you love me and when you get into that deep worship that's when he allows you to enter the throne room Hmm. and there the enemy can't touch you when you get into the throne room that's where intercessory prayer happens The, the throne room that's where you can sit on his lap and say hey i'm going through this yeah and truly that's that's where you cast your burdens on him that's where you take on his yoke because it's easy. It's not just, oh God, I lift my hands up to you. I praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, these are my problems. Okay, bye. That, that, that's not casting your cares on him. Getting to that point of worship, getting into the throne room where you can request from the king directly. That's how Brother Stone King puts it is that, you know, I sit on daddy's lap and I ask him specifically. Right. But that's how you get there. Worship. Mm-hmm. That deeper walk and that moaning and groaning of being in the presence of the king that intercessory prayer that point where he you are there and you can get to that point because only the ones that god invites can come into the throne room and you're invited you're invited yeah you have (laughs) an invitation it is right there for you you have to take it yeah you all you have to do is take it let him pull you into that situation thank him Praise him, worship him, then talk to him. And not in the car, you know, like from that distance. Sure. Get, get into your closet. Get into that, that, that safe spot where it's just you and him. And then talk to him. That's where you hear the voice. That's when you, that's where miracles happen. That's where things change in you because... Again, no one else is in there. It's just you and him in that in that throne room. And that's where he can shape you into something different. 
So out of all this whole hullabaloo and probably up to date the worst experience of my life, I've come out way better off than I was. Before. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, and I mean, like, because I had a great walk with God. And, you know, and, and that's how, you know, people look at it like, oh, well, why would God let you go through that then if you were, if you were so close to him? And blah, 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 blah. Yeah, because he loves me. Mm-hmm. Because he, where I'm at. He, he, know, he knows where he wants you. Yeah, he needs where, you, where I'm at. He needs you to know where he wants you. Exactly. I, where I'm at is not where he intends me to be. Right. When, when you think your walk is done, get ready for a rude interruption. <laughs> You're not Brother yet. Arnold preaches on it, and it's called disturbing the nest. Yeah, yeah. once yeah. you get comfortable, you better get ready for something to happen. It's time to fly. <laughs> yeah, like you're 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 not because it, 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 rather uh, you know, and I've talked to I've talked to Dad about this, and you know, and I agree. I I love our movement. I'm I'm not talking bad about UPCI. If anything ever happened to me. My family will not go to an apostolic church. My family will attend a United First Pentecostal, you know, a United Pentecostal right. International Church, whatever. That that's where they will be. Okay. In saying that, I don't agree that everyone's supposed to be preachers and stuff like right. that. No, 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 no. You're supposed to be a doctor. God put that in you. So even though you deal with medicines, when the medicines don't work. You got God in your back pocket and be like, hey, you know, I'm telling you, nothing, nothing's working. Right. You are going to die. But here's a prayer clock because I know that there's a God that loves you. You know, e- even in my position, you know, I, I haven't preached in a while. I think it's been a few months where I preached to the youth and, you know, uh, I got a wife and a kid now, and, and, you know, and, you know, things get busy. But I had a gal come into my store. And she had surgery on her foot, and she had blood clots. They were like, oh, yeah, we're going to take your arm. We're going to take your... And then, yeah. Wow. The blood clot was the length of her arm, and they took it out. And she said no. And and she's just witnessing to me. And then I, in turn, (laughs) got to witness to her because she was like, but no, God God told me. And I told him, no, you said everything that you were going to bring me through this. I heard you say it. And I was like, that's exactly how it works. And then, like, well, they took out the one clot. They said, well, now we got to take your elbow. She said, no, no, God told me. Uh-huh. God told me that he's bringing me through this. And then they said, they took that one out and they're like, oh, we got to take your hand. She said, no, you're not actually. <laughs> and it was so funny talking to her about this because she said that there was a nurse on all three floors that she went on. She And she thought it was an angel. And I wouldn't doubt it because. On that last time, she was she was getting scared, and that nurse came up to her that for some odd reason worked on all these different floors, <laughs> told her, "Hey, this is a good floor. This is where miracles happen." Awesome. Yeah, and so uh, the cool thing was is that one. Now I can tell other people about that. I got to tell her about my experience, and then uh, I asked if I could pray for her foot. And she let me. And the craziest thing, and this is what makes me so mad about a lot of Christians, is that I prayed for her. I commanded the pain to be gone. I commanded it to be healed. Uh, I don't know what happened. She's never come back and talked to me. I'm just assuming <laughs> God took care of it either way. Of course. You know, he, he does what he does. And she said, you're the first person to ever ask to pray for me. Hmm. And that and that pricked me in the heart. It was like, Why? doesn't make any sense. You know, and so to to the people who know better and the people that want to see miracles, you're not going to see them until you step out of your comfort zone and step into his zone. Right. Because that's why I tell a lot of the youth, be bold. Don't don't worry about the people looking at you. Don't worry about it because it's it's not you that you have to worry about. God's going to show up because you call him out. You know, if you call God out and say, hey, no, he's going to heal you. God will show up. And so, you know, that's why I tell a lot of them, like, you got to be bold. You got to show your faith. Who cares, man? I've had I've had people when I worked in my Wichita store, I've had people come in there and, you know, my, my boss just looks at me, but he doesn't say a thing to tell me to get back to work because he hears my conversation. And he knows. He knows. Yep, God covers your oh, yeah. your behind. <laughs> he he covers you. 
Because if you think about the world that we live in today, that kind of stuff is, is more or less frowned upon yeah. to talk about religion at, the, at work, in, in the workspace. And for those of us who believe and those of us who have faith, it's hard for us to not talk about God and not talk yeah. about... Yeah, and, and, and you, should, you, you don't worry about it because God's right. got you covered. Oh, of course. You know, if, if you get fired for doing what he told you to do, which was to spread the word... He has something better for you. He's got something better for you. Exactly. 100%. And so I prayed for her. Uh, he didn't stop me. I, there were people all around. Because it's not about you. Mm -hmm. Who cares what you look like when you do this stuff? He'll raise up rocks. It, it doesn't matter. You need to quit worrying about your image and understand the fact that that little girl in that wheelchair isn't going to walk unless you do something right then and there. Y'all, when you hear that small voice tell you, I can heal them. Get off your behind and go do something. Because they don't, you might be the only person you're, that's going to You're tell there them that. for that reason. You're going to be the only voice they hear. You don't know what situation they're going to. And God's telling you for a reason because you might be the only person that can or will tell them anything. And, and that's different. the thing. You have to you have to look at every situation. You you know the voice of God. You can't you can't doubt what's going on. If he does it at that point in time, you are there for that point in time for that reason for somebody else. Yep. And when you put yourself in this situation, it's not gonna happen. And you you literally rob someone of a and miracle. Yourself. And you rob yourself of, yeah. of being able to ex to expand your walk of, of well, faith and, and, and experience something because because like we were um, since since I've been through this and I and I've recognized the faith that God has given me, I have seen miracles. I I, I flat out seen them. And the biggest prayer I've ever had is like God, let me experience this. Mm -hmm. Let let me see it. I don't care if it happens through me. I don't, I don't want credit for it anyway. Glory to God. Right. But let me see it. And so we were at church, and uh, I'm walking by in this uh, elder, uh, uh, probably dad's age, you know, middle-aged uh, 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 black man comes up to me in, in the church, and he's like, hey, you're you're one of those pastors. And I looked, and I was like, <laughs> no, I am not. And I was like, you can, he goes, no, I, I've seen you up there before. You, you preach. I've listened to you. I said, well, I'm, you can call me a preacher then, but I'm definitely not a pastor. And he goes, well, it doesn't matter. He goes, you need to come pray for my wife. She's sick. Hmm. He didn't tell me what it was. He just said pray. He just said pray. And I was like, all right, let's do this, man. Go back there. And, man, I'm telling you, I mean, you I, you could literally almost physically see God's spirit hmm. on her. And I'm like looking at her, I'm like, wow. <laughs> and she's like, wow. I was like, God is all over you right now. This uh -huh. is crazy. I said, he's all over you. I said, your husband said you're sick. She's like, yeah, yeah, I'm sick. It's like, it's pretty bad. She goes, it's pretty bad. I was like, perfect. And I said, God, I said, God's all over you right now. I said, he, he, he's, he's about to do something. So I said, I don't know what it is. But I said, I was like, put your hands up. We're about to pray. And so she puts her hands up. We're starting to pray. And I was like, I was like, Phew. I was like, y y he's moving in you now. She goes, I feel it. I was like, yeah, I, I know you're feeling. It. I was like, <laughs> I feel it. This is. It was such a crazy experience. So I said, I said, but here's the deal. In the name of Jesus, I don't know what it is. I don't care what it is. By your stripes, we are healed. Your word gives us authority. And I claim this out. When I lay hands on you, it's going to leave your body in the name of Jesus. Nothing fancy. I touched her forehead. Boom. She prayed. I walked away. Two weeks later, Brother Vankins comes in. Uh, we're in the prayer room. Brother Vankins, hey, you prayed for my Bible study. I was like, sure. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> I have no idea who he's talking about. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that that uh, that couple that I'm, I'm I'm talking to right now. Blah 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 blah. And he's like, oh, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I remember that. He's like, well, she had cancer, breast cancer. Oh, really? I was like, wow. I was like, how's she doing? He goes, well, they did the surgery, and they removed the lumps. But when they did the autopsy on the lumps, there wasn't a single cancer cell found oh, in those. Praise God. So you know, I, I don't need a platform. I don't I don't need a podium. I don't need a microphone because God didn't tell me to go throughout all the churches and spread the gospel. God just told me to spread the gospel. Mm -hmm. He said, do it at home. Tell your friends, your family, move out further and further from Israel to the nation, you know, to move world. out to the country, then go out to the world. So, you know, quit, 
quit thinking that just because, oh man, I, I was told I was supposed to preach. Man, as soon, every time I talk to someone, it does. I don't have to be shouting. I don't have to be going nuts and crazy. People don't need to be doing backflips at the altar and talking in tongues. That it that doesn't have to happen. It's a, a Bible study is preaching. Absolutely. Most of the time, when I do, every time I've gone to a Bible study or anything like that, the guy ends up preaching anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, like you, you know, you, you don't you don't need you don't need the microphone. But by golly, if God gives you a word, you better give it to somebody. Absolutely. And you better be open enough to God to where you know when the word needs to be given. Uh, example, um, you know, we uh, this this was just a couple weeks ago, but um, Preston comes up to me. He was like, hey, man, this is... Brother, I'm sorry if you ever listened to this. I can't remember your name for nothing. Um, but he was like, yeah, he, he, he had questions about this, this, that, and the other. And Preston was like... And this was just the funniest introduction ever because he was like, Cor Corbin, Corbin knows how to, uh, Corbin has a gift of praying people through the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I kind of was like, when did that happen? <laughs> well, apparently I do. Yeah. So, uh, but no. And so I, I get, it's something I literally was dwelling on the whole week. And I got to, I got, you know, because I was listening to what God had to say, even though I got the word days before. The person he needed you to witness to. Boom. Right then and there, and right. I didn't do it from the pulpit. I did it in, the, in uh, from a pew. It's been a little over an hour, and I think this has been a fantastic podcast and episode. So I'm going to end it with a prayer because I can't think of a better place to to leave off. And definitely going to have you on again. Um, I have a lot of plans in the future, and definitely will be including you in all of those things. Um, not all of them, obviously, but, right, but, right. but quite a few of them. Lord God, I want to pray right now that anybody that's listening to this this word that we that was brought today, I don't think everything that was said today was planned to be said, and there's a reason for that. Um, there's a reason why I don't have a list of questions written out. There's a reason why there's not a list of answers to be added to those questions. We just, we're going by your word, we're going by your spirit, and we want to be led by you, and we want this podcast to be for you. This isn't for my, this isn't to elevate anyone that would to come on here as a guest or, or as myself, the host. I would never want that to be perceived as why this is going on. This is strictly for those out there who need to hear a testimony from our guests, from myself, and what we say on this podcast. Lord God, I pray that you would let this go out as far as it needs to go to reach the person that it needs to reach so that your will can be done going forward and someone can find you and realize that you do love them and that the only thing you want for their life is for them to be filled with the Holy Ghost and your spirit. Thank you for this wonderful day. Thank you for everything you've done for us. This has been the Uplift Podcast because it is uplifting. <laughs>